The worst thing about owning a modern car? Well, it's not the third-rate infotainment systems manufacturers insist on inflicting upon us all. Although, to be fair, they are pretty terrible. And it's not all the computers. It's only mouth-breathers who actually claim that. Australia, best damn country in the world, if you want to breathe through the pie hole continuously. Am I wrong? It's not even the badly engineered electronic nanny state safety systems that false friggin' alarm all day long and twice as often on Sundays. And it's certainly not the insufferable, virtuous twats who think that their EV is taking humanity silently to green utopia. The worst thing about owning a modern car is... We'll get to that. I'm John Cadogan from autoexpert.com.au and I get new cars cheap for buyers here in Australia. Website for that, <coughs> BSV, or you can just click the card that's kind of, well, hopefully up there now, dude. That's the best thing about owning a modern car now that I think about it and... Speaking about awesome things, this report is enthusiastically brought to you by Manscaped, who were obviously on the hunt recently for a borderline geriatric automotive ambassador for men's full-body grooming. The Lawn Mower 4.0, the latest high-tech weapon in the fight. Essentially, it's a hair-destroying lightsaber that will separate you from the apes. And zero training is required. It's got safe ceramic blades, a super smart charging system, it's waterproof, it has an onboard LED light and 90 minutes of runtime. It's even got a travel lock because Manscaped thinks of everything. And that means you can take on the enemy in the shower in the dark for up to an hour and a half on a single charge. One's plumage can, of course, be a hot zone during the relentlessly moist Australian summer. My advice there, weaponize yourself now for maximum thermodynamic efficiency and minimum aerodynamic drag with the Manscaped Performance Package 4.0. Do it. Do it now. You'll even get Crop Preserver. Love me a good preserved crop. It keeps the twins deodorized and fresh. They'll thank you later. Plus, Crop Reviver for a quick spray on the go touch up. Pro tip there, just not on the bus, dude. That could get awkward. Take it from someone who understands these things. Plus, if your battle extends to tunnels and caves, you get the wireless weed whacker to take care of outbreaks in the nose and the ears. Trust me, dude, when you get old, that's a thing, especially the ears. Something to look forward to, perhaps, for you younger blokes. For a limited time, all of this encreble kit comes in a kind of Nimitz-class hair destruction package called the Shed. That's a free gift, just like the free Manscaped anti-chafe boxes that'll keep your package packaged, which is, after all, pretty much a core objective whenever you leave the house. Like, dude, if you get that wrong, it's hardly likely to be the best day ever, is it? De-Neanderthalize yourself today, and obviously that's not a word, but it should be. Your Tiffany will be eternally grateful. I know mine was. Manscaped.com. Use the promo code AEJC to get 20% off, plus those aforementioned freebies and free 
international shipping. Link and code in the description, manscaped.com. Dude, do it. You know you want this. The worst thing about owning a modern car is dealing with the after-sales apparatus. Meaning, essentially, the car maker and the service department once you own the vehicle. Let me explain. The computer chip shortage, meaning the new car shortage going on for three years now, means that revenue from new car sales has hit dealerships hard because nobody actually gets paid until that new car actually gets delivered. And with waiting times on some models extending to well over 12 months, this is a substantial financial roadblock for many dealerships and they've got bills to pay. So they look hard to pump up the profits in other areas. Cue the service department. If they can convince you that your problem is not a warranty or consumer law job, they get to charge you the full freight on the labour for the fix, not the discount labour rate the parent car maker pays when they do it for love, okay? Plus, they get to charge the customary trillion percent markup on the parts, plus a diagnosis fee, because every good cake needs icing, right? What I'm about to describe, okay, dealers were already doing this before the chip shortage gave them cash flow constipation. Only now, many of those dealerships are doing this like it's some sort of frigging extreme sport. So let's say your car develops a problem and you think it should be covered under warranty or under consumer law, both of which basically mean that if you get the car serviced on time and you otherwise fail to abuse it, faults that develop within a reasonable ownership period, which are not wear and tear, need to get fixed for free. So you walk in with a problem and this reasonable expectation of being looked after, having your problem fixed, whatever, because you spent 50 grand with them just the other day or something, the dealer sees you darken his door in this vulnerable problem beset state and he's just looking at more potential profit depending on how gullible you are. He's sizing you up, right? Let me contrast the ambient predatory behaviour of the car industry with the customer service that I got from another industry just the other day when I had to go to bat as a consumer, okay? Now, if you're a regular viewer, you have seen my new welding helmet. New-ish, anyway, it's not that old. I did a video on it where I fitted a headlamp to increase the vision in darker areas when you're welding under the bench or something before you strike an arc. There's a link just in the top up there again, dude. It's called a Boss Safe Atlas Pro, this helmet, and it's the first big lens welding hood that I've owned that's also true colour. And I really enjoy using it. Like, I learned to weld back when dinosaurs had saddles because, of course, we rode them to work every day and auto-darkening technology, well, like that was still many years away. So compared with that, it's extremely liberating and uplifting having that big fat view area and not looking at the job through some green-tinted Stygian gloom like a deleted scene from The Matrix if you're watching the movie through a flap in the friggin' letterbox. The only problem is, 
It's Easter Monday just gone, okay? And I'm pumping out the fat beads in the fat cave, spraying mad electrons everywhere, sometimes, like, occasionally, even where I really want them to go, and the helmet starts flashing me in the face whenever I strike an arc for about, I don't know, half a second or something, before it then proceeds to auto-darken. And that's really not supposed to happen, okay? On the spectrum of problems, it's only kind of mildly annoying, right? Like, the lens in a modern welding helmet blocks infrared and UV continuously, and it should auto-darken in the visible spectrum in milliseconds. So, I know that I'm not getting properly zapped, right? It's just bright, and of course you can just close your eyes for the first couple of seconds to avoid the flash, which is oddly reminiscent of going back to welding in the Jurassic all those years ago, but it is a proper pain in the ass. So, Easter Monday evening, I get on the computer and I email DynaWeld, which is the company behind BossSafe, right? And I use their online contact portal. I lay out the problem and I ask them for advice, not discounting the possibility that I might be doing something pathologically stupid. And then I fade to black, right? And I get up the next day, and I haven't really had time to think about it. Tuesday morning, six minutes past nine, a dude named Adam from Dynaworld, well, he emails me back. And he goes, I'm paraphrasing, yeah, sounds like a faulty lens module. Send us your address and we'll send you out a replacement with a reply paid envelope. Just slip the old lens in that, would you? And we'll send it back to our supplier. Amazing. Wednesday at lunchtime, okay? This is like two days later and one of those days was a public holiday. The new lens module arrives seamlessly and I whip it in, I run a few test beads. It's good to go, dude. And then I get the pallet truck out and I winch my friggin' jaw up off the floor, honestly, because zero arguing the toss, bugger all downtime and two helpings of efficiency on the side. Well done. Team Dynaworld. You could teach the car industry a thing or two about how this kind of thing really should be done. If this had been the car industry, my likely experience would have been, okay? First up, I'd get told that, hey, we can't look at this for at least three weeks. And then three weeks later, dude, it's operating within factory specifications. So essentially, at this point, you'll be doing mental gymnastics with two competing versions of reality. There'll be your version in which the product is actually defective and theirs in which it's not. Then when you've really had a gut fall sometime later and you return fed up, you're absolutely certain that there's a problem and it's not going away anytime soon. They clear the codes or do a factory reset, and they give you some lip service, like, all oh, good now, dude. So you pick the car back up, you drive around the block, and the problem recurs more or less immediately, typically, and it's, it's really not a laughing matter by that point. So you come back, and you are properly offside now, right? Like, pathologically offside, which the service department does not give a shit about, frankly, because they see a great many people in your somewhat agitated state. It's just how they roll. They go, ah, yes, I see it now. That lens is actually faulty. But hey, that's on you, dude. You exposed it to very bright light and heat. What were you thinking? 
We went to bat for you because you look like a great bloke, but the carmaker has denied your warranty claim. Just suck it up like a big boy and stop being such a friggin' baby. It's even worse if you're a woman, often enough. Like, I'm hardly ever a woman, but that's what I heard. So, that'll be 1300 bucks for a new lens module. Uh, we'll call it 1950 fitted. We'll have to ship the parts out from Germany, of course, and they're on back order. ETA, uh, November. They probably also charged you a 400 buck diagnosis fee, whatever that is. This is how relationships with brands get broken, right? That unique three-way of being fucked about by experts in the first instance and then double-teamed by incompetence and extortion as a kind of final two hurdles on the road to getting this problem fixed. I see this all the time, dude. My inbox fills up with it. People at their absolute wit's end. Pro tip. Okay, my helmet is modified. I stuck a headlamp on it with Velcro. There's no way that that could cause the lens to malfunction. But hey, if it had been a car, there would have been a conversation about what I'd done to it, voiding the frigging warranty. Maybe that's why I was so shocked at the treatment I got from Dynawell Boss Safe, whatever. But in a good way, okay, because it really was first rate. And it's not because I'm some YouTuber of repute. Like, I bought that helmet with my own money. I did the research and I decided that was the one I wanted. And I just reached out and paid for it. And I just reached out to them like an ordinary consumer with a problem. It's not like I've got the marketing director on speed dial and he intervened for me or something. So the upshot here is, right, I enjoyed using that element before in a vaguely impartial borderline kind of way but I'm actually a fan now like a proper fan big difference however if they had behaved like a car dealership I would swear off that brand and I would frigging never go near them again between now and the heat death of the universe so anyway, I'll put a link to the helmet in the description if you're interested. I got it from Ames Industrial, which is an awesome operation too. They're kind of like Bunnings, only for real ghetto engineers. But this story is not really about that, okay? It's partly about acknowledging Dynawell doing such a good job, because I think that's worth a mention, but... Mainly, it's about contrasting that to the diametrically opposite experience so many people have when their car goes poopy in its trousers. The big question for me, which I really cannot fathom, is if a local Australian welding supply business in Preston's can provide absolutely top-shelf customer care on a product that costs less than 200 bucks. Why does it continue to be so damn impossible for a great many multinational car makers just to meet the minimum standard of consumer law compliance when it comes to supporting products that cost roughly 200 times more? Particularly when your entire relationship with that brand, henceforth, pivots on how this plays out. Riddle me that.